It's August 1st. This week in real estate news, rental prices continue to soar, setting new record highs just over a month ago. We'll also be discussing President Biden's plans on tackling the inventory crisis. Moving on to discussing an op-ed from the National Association of Realtors president promoting the real estate industry's compensation model and MLS. Moving on to the Department of Justice, which withdrew its consent to the settlement agreement it reached with the NAR in 2020. That's this week on the Real Estate for All podcast. Getting things kicked off with our first story of the week, rental prices broke records in 44 cities last month, so the shortage of homes for sale has forced more prospective buyers to rent. That is driving up prices in the rental market, and as we discussed in uh, previous weeks, Airbnbs and short-term rentals have taken over a large portion of the market as well, so we've seen the U.S. median rental price jump in June. Uh, up 8.1% compared to a year ago, reaching 1575 and that's according to Realtor.com reports. And also two-bedroom units uh, saw the largest increase in rents, which was 10.2%. And demand just continues to soar for rental properties as homes for sale are in short supply. And not only are they in short supply, they are increasing in value at a rate that is not equal to the buyer's income and their ability to qualify for the higher price home. And so as mentioned, uh, rental prices in 44 of the largest 55 metros broke records last month. And the largest gains were recorded in Riverside, California, and Tampa and Phoenix, which all posted increases above 20% year over year. That is a pretty large jump. And as you mentioned, if your income has not increased 20% year over year, is not able to keep up with the jumps in these uh, cities, but in a lot of cities across the nation, the increase in housing has far superseded that of what the income is or the average income in your uh, American households. There is still a shortage. And a lot of that is due to the fact that a lot of the home buyers, homeowners that own those rental properties are taking advantage of the higher market and they are putting those properties on the market for sale, capitalizing on the increase in value that they have right now. A lot of analysts don't expect there to be a quick shift in the current market conditions that we're seeing now with high rents and low inventory of homes for sale because it's going to take some time for new houses to get built to help accommodate the big need or demand that we have for housing. So uh, we expect things to kind of stay where they are, at least for the foreseeable future. But on that front, uh, President Biden has a plan focusing on tackling the inventory crisis. So as we mentioned, home sales and affordability are falling due to severe constrained inventory. And President Biden recently reiterated his administration's focus on housing as part of its broader infrastructure push. And he's called for a historic investment in housing that could generate 2 million additional homes in the U.S. through new construction and rehabilitating existing units. There are a lot of units that are sitting on lots right now, but they're not livable. And rehabbing some of those units could ease some of the strain that we're seeing right now in the housing market if we're able to get 
money invested into rehabbing some of those units. So that is part of President Biden's plan in rehabbing some of those units in addition to just investing in new home construction as well. Yes, it is. And what I like about his plan, he also likens it to have the plan that the government or cities or states have for roads and bridges that we're going to have to plan for this housing recovery a long-term plan of how we're going to get in place the number of units necessary to ease the burden of people that are trying to purchase homes right now and they say in the article noted in realtor.com magazine Aggressive renovation and rehabbing properties is also important to keep more existing housing inventory in the pipeline. So as we build new construction, current homes that are on the market are aging and those homes need to be kept up to date to keep them from becoming where they're no longer livable. It is important to continue to make sure that those homes don't fall into a situation where now we're spending money to have to tear down those homes and then build up new construction. But if we're able to keep the existing inventory in the pipeline, keep those homes in good condition, then that will also help us continue to find homes for people that need them. You know, I've been in real estate for quite some time, but I've never seen it been intentional as to how we're going to keep properties in the market, such as this plan that President Biden is introducing. I think it's great because just as you said, it not only creates other opportunities to come into the market, but it establishes a plan to maintain those properties that are already in the market, which is critical for the increase that we need. So the National Association of Realtors Chief Economist Lawrence Young, I think is how you pronounce his yes. last name, yes. is weighing in on these unprecedented price increases that we've seen over the past year or so, stating that higher prices have sidelined some house hunters who are waiting for more housing inventory, but buyer competition is starting to cool a little bit you're starting to see a little bit of buyer fatigue. Mm -hmm. A lot of buyers that have been out there trying to look for homes and they've been losing out on bidding wars time and time again. Personally, I can attest that it does get exhausting at times. Me losing out on, I believe it was three different uh, bidding wars before I was finally able to purchase a property. It does get exhausting. So you do have a little bit of buyer fatigue as well, which might be aiding a little bit in that buyer, um, in the cooling of the competition. But inventory in particular is really, really scarce for price points under 300,000. And what he's saying too is, is because of the bidding wars, like you said, buyers are being forced out of the market because their income is not increasing to help them qualify plus the amount that people are paying over and beyond the list price also inhibits some of the uh, buyers who are trying to just finance a property. Young does predict a calmer market emerging for the remainder of the year. However, he does state that the market is likely to remain tipped in the seller's favor, but buyers will feel less pressure to rush their purchase decisions. Which I, I would love to see buyers not to have to feel that pressure of having to make those spot-on decisions and that they have a moment to consider the purchase a little bit more than they are having right now but most of them are in need of a place to live so it's 
make that move or someone else will make it quicker than you will. There is a little bit of relief in sight. New listings did increase 5.5% year over year in June and we're up 10.9% over the prior month. Also with those increases in new listings, there were also the increases in pricing that we spoke about just moments ago. So more stuff on the market, but it's definitely at a higher price point, which does price a lot of people out of the market right now in these current situations. Moving on to our main topic of the week. As part of an agreement with the Department of Justice, the NAR struck a deal last November in 2020 uh, committing to make certain changes in its code of ethics and MLS policies to further support market competition. However, the Department of Justice withdrew its consent to the agreement in an unprecedented move earlier this month. This is in the month of June. And the NAR's mandatory policy changes are currently on hold. Just to read a little bit of what some of the new rule changes were that were in place prior to the DOJ withdrawing its consent to the agreement. The final language was still being determined. However, most of the changes did seek to more explicitly state what is already in the spirit and intent of the NAR's code of ethics and MLS policies regarding providing information about commissions and MLS participation. So in accordance with MLS systems, longstanding focus on creating an efficient, transparent marketplace for home buyers and sellers, the amount of compensation offered to buyers agents for each MLS listing will be made publicly available. And that's something that's already publicly available as is required of realtors and real estate agents is to make publicly available to their clients what they are getting paid for the transaction. Also, Publicly accessible MLS data fees will include offers of compensation and buyers agents will have an affirmative obligation to provide such information to their clients for homes of interest. Moving on, the rule changes reaffirm that MLSs and brokerages, as always, must provide consumers all properties that fit their criteria regardless of compensation offered or the name of the listing brokerage. So basically what that means is it seeks to deter steering, which is if you're working with a client and let's say they're an African-American client and they're looking for a three-bedroom, two-bath, Rather than showing them all the three bedroom, two baths that fit their criteria, you only show them the ones that are in predominantly African-American communities. Um, so this rule just reaffirms the MLS and brokerage and what is our, it reaffirms what is already in the spirit of the NAR, which is to deter and prevent steering from happening and make sure that all properties that fit a client's criteria are shown to them, not just the ones that you feel would be best for them or where you feel they would be best placed. While the NAR has long encouraged buyers and agents to explain how they expect to be paid, typically through offers of cooperation compensation from seller's agents, there will be a rule that more specifically states that buyer's agents cannot represent that their services are free to clients. Previously, buyers have represented that their services were free because often in real estate, it is the seller that pays the commission to the buyer's agent. There are a lot of reasons for that, uh, a couple that we'll dig into a little bit more in just a moment, but because of that, a lot of buyer's agents have said, oh, my services are free to you. Well, in this agreement, it was saying that buyer's agents can no longer say that their services are free to clients. And it creates a little bit more transparency about how 
their services are actually being paid for. It's not a free service. It is being paid just on the part of the seller, which is how it happens in most transactions. And in that transaction, in the listing agreement, when that seller puts that property on the market, there is an agreement between the listing agent and the seller as to the amount of percentage of commission that they are going to pay for the listing agent to get that property sold. So what happens is, is the listing agent then agrees with the buyer's agent to share that commission. And, but it's totally up to the listing agent as the percentage of that commission that they share with the buyer's agent. Now, what has happened is and changed is this market has caused a little bit of, I'm keeping more for myself mindset because a lot of listing agents are not sharing 50-50 now, and they're sharing less than 50-50. So what DOJ2 is wanting is, is that you, the buyer needs to know exactly what you said. The buyer needs to know where that fee is coming from. But if a listing agent chooses not to share any of that percentage, then it's up to the buyer to pay that, their agent that they hired. And so DOJ is saying that it needs to be clear what's going on. And I totally agree. To harp on one of the reasons that I believe is important to understand about the sellers paying the commission for the buyer's agent, part of it does create an inclusion in the housing market. As a buyer coming to the housing market, there is a lot that you come to the table with. You have to have your down payment, which... If you're going through a FHA loan, can be three and a half percent that you have to come to the table with. Uh, conventional, you, you might come to the table with five percent or ten percent. You are also responsible for closing costs. Sometimes in a purchase and sale agreement, you may ask for the seller to help contribute to some of those closing costs. But in the market we're seeing right now, buyers have been taking all of those closing costs, or at least the brunt of those closing costs. So in addition to the closing costs, the inspection, your down payment, and your appraisal that you're also responsible for paying for. If you also have to pay your agent's fee, that's going to be another percentage of the sale amount or the purchase and sale amount, which could kick a lot of buyers out of the market. It can really force a lot of buyers to have to rent because it's a lot of money that one individual, particularly if you're talking about individuals that have been in areas that have been underserved in underserved communities or underserved groups of people in the country, you know, African-Americans or Hispanics, it can really cause a lot of those communities and people to be pushed out of the housing market with being able to own a home. Because let's just say, for instance, if the commission that you would pay to your real estate agent would be 3%, if you're looking at purchasing a $200,000 home, that's $6,000 that you now have to come up with in addition to the down payment, which may have already been on a $200,000 home, $7,500 if it's three and a half percent, on top of your inspection, on top of your appraisal and whatever the closing costs are. So all of this adds up and if you don't have all of that money that you're able to come to the table with, it can really put a lot of people in a bind and push them out of the housing market. So one of the things that the sharing of the commission 
from the with the between the selling agent and the listing agent is that it does help more people enter the housing market and have that opportunity to be able to own a home. It does. It really does. And in helping that buyer ease into the housing market without having that financial responsibility put on them is huge. But the way the law states in Georgia is, is that an agent has to cooperate with another agent that's in the code of ethics and license law as well. However, neither requires that the agent, the listing agent, compensates the buyer's agent. So they have the duty to cooperate, but not the duty to compensate. So if DOJ is pushing for that buyer to have to pay for their own person that they hired, we're definitely probably going to be leaning towards even more buyers exiting the real estate purchase market. That in and of itself can cause a whole host of other problems to emerge if you've got now a mm -hmm. flood of people in the renters market and we already have record high rental prices. If you have even more people that now can't purchase homes for whatever reason and they're flooding into the rental market, you may see rental prices go even higher and higher. As we spoke a few weeks ago, Airbnbs have been taking a larger and larger share of the market. I was listening to a talk today where they were talking about how a lot of people are preferring Airbnbs because instead of having someone living in your house long term, it's actually been more lucrative for some people to just rent your house for a short period of time. Let's say if you were to rent your house for one month for $1,500. Well, if you can get $1,500 renting your house over the course of four or five days, then letting your house sit for three weeks and only having to rent it five days out of the month or six days out of the month to make the same thing that you would in a long-term rental of 1500 is pushed a lot of investors and homeowners to switch their houses to be Airbnbs because you can make in just a portion of the time with a long-term rental takes the entire month to make. In addition to that, if you rent it out for half the month, now you're making even more than what you would on a long-term rental. So a lot of reasons why a lot of people have chosen to go the Airbnb route and we may see some regulation with that coming up in the future. Some cities and counties thinking about limiting the number of short-term rentals that are available just to open up the market a little bit more for those long-term rentals and potential homes that can be on the market for sale. So other options that our elected officials are looking into and how we better manage this crisis that we're in right now. And you know, I concur with what you're saying, but another piece of that is that the DOJ says that they do want everyone to be able to see a property that fit their specifications and criteria. And you gave an example earlier. I'm not sure people really, really get it that the realtor base must comply with fair housing laws which there are seven protected classes right now under the fair housing law. So you cannot discriminate. And then the code of ethics bans that type of behavior as well. And then license law bans that behavior. So there are three resources right there that monitors realtors' behavior when it comes to what they have to comply with in showing properties to people. And they cannot steer 
Well, they should not be steering, and if so, then they are violating one of these resources and subject to have their license sanctioned. I, I think that people are not aware of just how many rules there are in place to prevent some of these things. Moving a little bit into the op-ed by National Association of Realtors President Charlie Opler, he spoke a little bit about the commissions for real estate agents and brokers, which, in his words, always have been and always will be negotiable. It's the free market at work, and the reality is that the commission structure gives everyday Americans critical advantages that they otherwise wouldn't get. That structure is what ultimately makes it possible for many people to realize the dream and benefits of home ownership. Charlie Opler, the National Association of Realtors president, is a big proponent of what we have had this entire time, negotiable commissions. You have many agents that in order to get a deal done have cut their commissions to help the buyer or help the seller to be able to achieve that home ownership that they might not have otherwise been able to achieve if their commissions weren't cut. And so he's saying that, you know, commissions will always be negotiable. He continues to talk a little bit about the MLS and says that the MLS is the envy of the free world. Just to pause on that, I, I completely support that statement because having lived in a country where there was no MLS system, pricing was all over the place and often you did not know if what you were paying for a place was the right amount because there was no system in place to connect a large group of properties together and say this is about the average of what this type of property goes for. You would only know by going to one house and looking at it and saying how much would it cost to rent here and you find out and then you go to a different house and you find out and you go to a different house and you find out. With an MLS system, you can look at thousands of homes from your house at your computer and say, okay, this is about the average home price for this area. This is about the average home price for this area, this style of home, uh, this size of home, homes with these features in it. And having lived in a country where that is not in place, a lot of times you, you do feel kind of like, you know, I don't know if I'm paying above or below what I should be paying, what the average is, or if the prices are just kind of made up based on how the landlord feels about you or whatever the case may be. So his viewpoint on our MLS system needing to stay strong as it is and as he puts it, the envy of the free world, I, I completely I completely agree with that. You know, the MLS, the Multiple Listing Service, is such a, a critical, crucial piece of the whole ability that real estate professionals have in order to make property seen to everyone. I don't want to see that limited at all. So there was no reason given by the Department of Justice as to why they chose to withdraw their consent from this agreement with the National Association of Realtors for these changes that they did want to see made, mostly centering around greater transparency and compensation, the MLS, as well as them not wanting buyer's agents to say that their services were free. There was no reason given as to why they withdrew their consent and hopefully in the coming weeks or months we'll, we'll get some more clarity on that. However, it is important to note that the NAR is continuing forward with being a force that is operating in the best interest of the public, mm -hmm. the best interest of the consumer. 
the NAR is not interested in looking out for its own realtors at the expense of the consumer. It is very much so continuing to operate in the best interest of the consumer, maintaining transparency, fostering a environment where home ownership is something that is attainable and equally accessible across all races and people that want to attain that dream of home ownership. Thank you for tuning in. Please like and subscribe to the podcast and rate us, review us, good or bad. Let us know what you think and how we can improve. Cynthia and myself are affiliated with Alert, a licensed real estate brokerage and real estate school. So whether you're looking to buy and sell a home or become a licensed salesperson or broker, we hope you'll give us the opportunity to help you achieve those goals. Just looking for free information? You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And you can visit the website at alertpropertiesre.com. Until next time, keep learning, keep growing.